It is State of Origin Day. Oh, and geez, I'm bloody excited, Trav. I'm going to be, uh, there's going to be a rough voice on the show tomorrow. Is this a, is it a rugby podcast or a Rug- podcast? Rugby league, Trav, rugby league. It's, it's all, it's all crap to me. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez, there's going to be a punch up on camera <laughs> Go the Blues. Righto. In the news today, we're going to, uh, later on, we're going to get into a bit of metallurgy because uh, Gascoigne released their uh, Met results for Never Never yesterday. So we thought, why not just instead of just presenting these Met results, go into what the hell cyanide leaching, gravity circuits are, and how all this works and what this means for interpreting the Gascoigne results. But Mate, the that's, big, that's the least interesting news today. Well, well, well the big the big story today, Trav. Oh. Silver Lake back at it. In the St. Barbara saga. So let's give a bit of a uh, scope of what's going on today. Silver Lake, this was in the it was in the papers yesterday that something was about to happen today, a revised deal. So they've they've put out a revised proposal, but the, the revised portion of it is that the Taurus debt facility won't require technical due diligence. Correct. So it seems yep. they yep. only requires this legal due diligence. So it sounds like they just sign off on the DD that Silver Lake do if they get let in the door. But the big thing in this that in this announcement on the bottom of the first page is that Silver Lake have set up a hotline, a one three hundred number, <laughs> for St. Barbara shareholders to use to call and get information on Silver Lake's proposal. To be, to be clear, I don't think that's the big news in the announcement. I think that's the big news to us because we found it very entertaining, but it's really not the big news of the announcement. I think it's a big <laughs> and uh, so we've uh, we've tried to call this number. We have, mate, mate. We've become St. Barbara shareholders. Well, Trav has now got skin in the game. Ding, ding, ding. Trav has an interest in St. Barbara. Disclosure, full disclosure. Five hundred dollars of shares. Well, we tried to buy one share, and we we're going to cop the ten, twenty bucks brokerage. But minimum transaction, if from not owning it, is five hundred dollars worth. So indeed, mate. And I wasn't going to tip it in. Yeah. Trav's got a bit more of a financial runway than me. Before we go there though, Matty, can I dial it back just a bit more, right? So late afternoon yesterday, Silver Lake, they come out with this announcement um, in relation to their sugar zone operation in Canada. And um, that's temporarily been evacuated due to the risk of nearby bushfires. So that one came out late Arvo. And then as you mentioned, there's that article in the AFR from from Peter Kerr last night reporting that there's another one of St. Barbara's top 20 shareholders, Jeff Cranfield, saying that he wants the St. Barbara board to grant DD effectively. Um, So that makes L1, Baker Steel and now Jeff Cranfield, all top 20 shareholders, all the statements in the public domain critiquing the St. Barbara board now. What's Jeff on about 1%? Well, they don't disclose the number, so but you can like they just call him the top 20 and you know the top 20 sort of, you know, Filters down a bit. And I, yeah, so I, I imagine it's probably sub one is my they guess. Got, but they, one, got a, yeah. they got an extra one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, three of the top 20 is like, you know, it's still like you can't ignore that. You no. know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, heck, you know, if you were one of uh, the top 20 shareholders of a company you own, Matty, you'd hope the, the board were listening to you. Oh, they'd better yeah. be on the blower, mate. <laughs> exactly. So, um so, also in this article, though, there's some leaked emails between the respective chairman at the time, and it all just looks a bit ugly, doesn't it? 
Right, let's let's get on to the email. So the email the email excerpt came out in today's announcement, but it was leaked on the AFR uh, Monday night. Peter Kerr did an article Monday at eight twenty p.m. and this email reads, and it's from David Quinlivan from Silver Lake to Tim Netcher, the ex chairman of St Barbara last year, and the the email was saying was expressing interest. It doesn't say what Netcher has, uh, what Quinn Livin has wrote to Netcher, but the response from Netcher reads, thanks for your email, which I have discussed with senior members of our executive team, our board of directors and our financial advisors. Thank you for your ongoing, ongoing interest in St. Barbara. As I'm sure you would understand, the St. Barbara team has limited internal resources which are fully committed to a number of high-priority projects. As such, we are unable to justify the redeployment or distraction of these resources from their current activities in order to engage with Silver Lake at this time. Pretty much a big F you, go away. Yeah, I mean, mate, it's strange. Like, you know, Tim's not chairperson of St. Barbara anymore, but if he was, he'd be under a bit of pressure because it's a pretty strange response. You don't know what the email to him was, right? Like it, like it could have just been – like like if we fill in the blanks, it's probably St. Barbara expressing interest and they've basically gotten a no before – instead of an invitation to submit an offer, they've gotten a no. Well, as you said before to me, uh, the what you'd expect to be a stock standard reply would be like – Thank you for your interest. Please yep. submit a proposal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we'll consider on its merit. But this was I don't I don't know what the email was before. So we, yeah, but it just it's a pretty strange one. Um, yes, because they have yeah. taken they have taken they've obviously taken one email. This is the one email they've found. It obviously supports this side, but we don't know what the email was that was sent. Yeah. Um, but you would think if you could hypothesize that the email sent was an attempt to engage, you think the reply would be yes. Um, please submit a proposal, as you said, and we'll consider it on its merit. Yeah. I but mean, it wasn't. <laughs> I know. And like we're in the, you know, now we're in a situation in a bloody um, hostile asset deal where emails are not just getting, you know, leaked to um, reporters, they're also getting pasted into ASX announcements. And it all feels a bit icky. So, um, and I'm sure our listeners, you know, are, are a little bit sick of us talking about it. So we're trying to have some fun with it too, Matty. And well, speaking of fun, we'll get to what the, uh, the change in the, the legal DD for Taurus means, but we attempted to call the hotline because, and post being a shareholder now, Trav, you have a vested interest in how this deal goes. Like, but, mate, I, I don't want to see your five hundred dollars go down. I think we should. I think we should play the bit of um, me becoming a shareholder. We'll, we'll play that in the show. What do you reckon? Why not? Yeah. Right here it is. There, and we could actually put in the bit where uh, we then give him a buzz. So here we go, Trav. The momentous occasion of becoming a St. Barbara shareholder. Here we go. Trav. Hey, mate. How are you? What uh, investment strategies have you got today? Well, I'm, I'm buying St. Barbara shares, mate. Really? Yeah. That's a bit of an odd move. I'm a bit disappointed. I thought we could buy just one share, but the ASX basically doesn't let you buy just one share if you don't own it yet. You have to buy a minimum $500 parcel, so I'm forking out the big bucks here, mate, and I'm becoming... A St. Barbara shareholder. Today. Why would you choose to do this? Oh, uh, I just, um, I'm pretty invested in this deal. And, <laughs> Nothing uh, to wanna, do with the hotline? I want to be able to exercise my rights as a St. Barbara shareholder. I think, I just think it's, you know, the right way to go about things. <laughs> right, here we go. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to put my pin in, mate. Hang on. In. Oh, I better not show that. Oh, M7. It's a bit order. Oh, incorrect pin. What's going on here? Oh, don't, don't say it out loud. Order submitted. Oh, congratulations, Trav. You're now St. Barbara shareholder. Wow. Wow. How do you feel? Disappointed. Opportunities. Disappointed. You're already down. Maybe right. Down. Let's get on the now. Let's give. <laughs> let's give uh, everyone. We're going to call the hotline. Check the <laughs> the Silver Lake announcement. There's a hotline. We're calling it. We are now St. Barbara shareholders. Now, Trav, first, congratulations. Thank you, mate. On being a shareholder, uh, one of probably your least significant holdings in terms of monetary value, but. Oh, look, I guess how deep we are in this deal, like, it holds, the St. Barbara shareholding probably holds a special place yeah, for it. it dwarfs your... in comparison to the um, the value of my equity in um, Money of Mine podcast, mate. But um, other, other than that, you know, it's, it's a substantial holding of mine. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a bit, you know, uh, disgruntled as a St. Barbara shareholder and I'm keen to express my, you know, my... Um, my feelings well validly now and i thought since you're a shareholder now you have the ability to call the hotline that has been provided as you see on the bottom of page one here there is a 1300 number that silver lake have set up to for saint barbara shareholders to call and get more information on the silver lake proposal which could um assist them in gathering the best amount of information to vote accordingly in uh, the end of June for the Genesis yep. transaction. So, Trav being a shareholder, mm. you decided to give him a ring. We did. We gave him a call. Yep. Here's what happened. Here's the hotline. one 631380 Let's give it a buzz, mate. Let's see what happens here. We have, now have a disgruntled St. Barbara shareholder here. Interesting one, Maddie. We've since um, we've since had word that the the issue there, the disconnection issue there, it's only applicable to to those of us who have a Telstra mobile, um, that, that particular one three hundred connection. Ninety percent of the country. Nah, it's not. Uh, I'm Telstra. You're obviously Telstra. Yeah, because we're country people, mate. Uh, um, but most Perth people don't go to Telstra because it's more expensive. Don't they? No. Nah. Is that right? We should do a yeah. Telstra survey. Listeners, yeah. let us know who you, who you shop with on your telephones. We'll do a bit of a survey. So uh, we're going to try and give it a ring later. And mm, let's do it now. Hopefully get back on. Give them another go, Trav. All right, oh. mate. That was a, that was that was a pretty good phone call. We can't we can't play it because um, got to get got to get consent for, to to play a a, um, a phone call. So but well, we can we can talk about it. Well, one comment from a, a YouTube fan was uh, maybe the same number was used. Uh, Saint Barbara sent the same number to Silver Lake to call in for DD. Oh, that's funny. That's why why it didn't work. So that's maybe they were Telstra users. That's very. So maybe that's, that's something that wasn't considered. That's very funny. Plot, plot of events. <laughs> very very funny. So what what did you get out of the call, Trav? You yeah. you had to talk because I I'm not a Saint Barbara shareholder. Yes, but, correct. Um, yeah. yeah. Look, you did have a have a bit of a conversation. I did, mate. Yeah, it was a, a lovely conversation with a um. An Irish bloke by the name of Brendan. His name and uh, is on the announcement, obviously, in his email address. Um, and so it's interesting, right? So they're 
like he doesn't give advice or anything like that. It was just a um, like a pretty factual phone call, um, just sort of indicating what the options are to a St. Barbara shareholder and um, and that they should read as much as St. Barbara shareholders can. It, like there was no kind of nudge to vote any certain way um, or anything like that. Um, but there was there yeah. was the nudge saying that Silver Lake are yes. recommending that you vote against the Genesis yeah. deal to then allow yeah. Silver Lake to come in. Yeah, well, he, he didn't nudge that. He said Silver Lake have Sil- yeah, Silver Lake, Silver Lake, have, Lake you know, are recommended. The, read all the documentations, and one of those document documents is the Silver Lake announcement that came out today. And when I pushed him on the um, you know, on on that point that Silver Lake had voted had indicated that you should you should vote against in that situation. I, I kind of pushed him on the point of like, but then there's some deal risk, et cetera, et cetera. And he said that's absolutely a consideration and you should um, factor that into to any decision you make. So like it wasn't it, it didn't come across as a bloke who's being paid to um to to sell a story. It's a it's a bloke who's paid to um, inform shareholders for the rights that they have as shareholders, but he's not allowed to give advice. Okay, yeah. so go into the deal risk, Trav. What is the deal risk? And go through the, I guess, the well, sequence even of before, events. Even before that, right? So let, let's let's talk strategy of, of of having the hotline, right? Because, um, because think like like why do you have this hotline? Well, it's because it actually gives Silver Lake a direct phone line access to the retail shareholders of St. Barbara. St. Barbara's got a big long tail of retail shareholders. It's all convoluted because they did this Bardock scheme as well. So there's a whole bunch of people there that you don't really know um, and you don't have a good like line of communication to at all. But this, you know, what the hotline does is it actually gives them a direct line of communication to them to actually sort of, you know, encourage them to um, be more informed about the vote that they end up doing. So it's just it's just basically trying to build shareholder support, but it's it's focusing on the on the on the low end of town because you know they're probably f- f- feeling like they've come up stumped at the, the, the top end of town. Okay, but how do you think it's going to be received from St. Barbara shareholders where if they they ring this hotline and they're wanting because they're going to be asking, look, we want to know we want to know what the plan is, how this is going to work, where, what's the plan for Guale? But they, how do you think they're going to feel when they ring up? But they can't get given any of that information. They more just get well, they, they're told to read as much as they can. I mean, like, yeah, like, heck, that's what you and I've done, mate. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're not asking for advice. We're like, you know, you and I have read all the announcements that have come out and just making an informed decision based on the information in front of us, like any shareholder should do. And as a shareholder now, that's what I'm going to do. Yes. And now, what are you going to do after uh, after that phone call, Trav? How are you going to oh. vote as a shareholder? Um, depending it on does it depend. How- so it does depend. I think like as a shareholder, I want to see the St. Barbara board open up DD. Um, but, you know, how I would vote actually does depend on whether or not that door gets opened up or not. Okay. And yeah. why is that? Well, because it's, it's basically like, mate, the board is like, what are they doing? You know, um, so do they? Do they? Do they keep sort of? So, so, so what have what have what have Silver Lake done in this announcement? They've actually created some parameters around being able to complete a due diligence process by a defined period of time, and if they don't do it, no deal. So they're basically saying, if you let us in the door before the fifth of June, we will be able to complete it and have a binding offer in front of shareholders before they go to vote on the Genesis transaction. If they can't get their stuff together before that date, no deal. So, so, so they're basically saying. We are capable of, of doing DD in two weeks because the whole argument for a long time has been we don't trust that you're going to be able to get it done in two weeks. Well, now they're saying we have to. Otherwise, you know, what are people going to vote on? So, you know, the whole timeline argument from the St. Barbara side of things is null and void because if they don't get the DD done in two weeks, then of course they're not going to expect to get the asset. It's just a bizarre 
thing, right? Um, but as a St. Barbara shareholder, when it comes time to vote on the deal, I would much rather there be two <laughs> deals on the table to choose between. Okay, so they're in, and now let's say hypothetically they do not get let in the door yep. before June 5th yep. and it gets to the Genesis vote. They, there's, their non-binding proposal is still there but there is only the actual binding proposal of Genesis yep. in there. The vote happens. I vote for the Genesis deal. Yeah, yep. and why is that? Because it's, it's just deal risk at that point. Like I hope, it, like you know, for, for St. Barbara shareholders' sakes, like I hope it doesn't. Um, get to that point, you know. You hope there's some like an avenue in for some some sort of r- like rational um, consideration, but you don't expect it given the the hardline approach of the St. Barbara board to date, and everything sort of just all of the rhetoric to date just seems to be saving face rather than reevaluating prior perspectives, and that's on both sides. So I don't expect them to change their mind. I hope they do. Don't expect them to do it. Um, and if it gets to that, then you vote for the Genesis transaction because you don't want the deal risk. And what, what if by any chance the Genesis uh, deal gets voted against and there is no binding offer in from Silver Lake? What's the risk to the whole situation then? Like in that situation, yeah, and that's that's that would be the worry I would have if it got to if it if St. Barbara didn't just let them into DD, um, then it, and then and then it gets voted down, then that's the deal risk you're worried about, right? Because it's like yes, yes, you've been told over and over that you know Silver Lake. Are interested and sounds like they are, um, but there's you know there's probably a period of, of of just uncertainty because of you know the financial stress element um, and the lack you know and the, and, and the fact that the, the binding um, piece isn't there yet. So because because Je- Silver Lake could then put a binding offer in because Genesis are out of the picture then if mm-hmm. they get voted against Silver Lake could then put a binding offer in that is lower in value because there's no binding offer on the table then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So everything that they're going to do is going to be subject to technical DD, which they haven't had any access to yet. Yeah, yeah. but you can see their intent. Now that's right? where the deal risk is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, let, let, let's just talk about the like um, the silver like like strategy thing. We talked about the rumor that they're agitators and everything, and what you've seen them to, to do today. They haven't come out with an extra hundred million dollar offer, right? So I think that kind of squashes the whole agitator um, rumor that was in the market, because if they wanted to agitate, they'd offer an extra hundred million dollars. They haven't. They've just improved. The, the conditionality. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's get into that, Trav. The improved conditionality, I yep. suppose, the the difference in today's offer. Um, yep. And you can discuss what that means for this DD process. So this, to do, this is to do with the DD that Taurus, the, who are providing the debt facility, $150 million US debt facility. Mm. Take it away, Trav. Go through it. Yeah. So what is legal due diligence? So they've removed – They've removed. Well, well, the t- it's not subject to technical due diligence anymore. It's still subject to legal due diligence and execution of binding documentation. What do those two points mean? So like legal due diligence is basically, you know, Taurus will still have to look at um, – Every like the ten, the tenements ensure the tenements are all in good standing. Ensure there's ensure there's no encumbrances on those tenements. So they basically want to be able to check that there's no um you know like royalty that no one knows about on any one of those tenements. It's pretty straightforward stuff. Like it's not, um, but you can't actually find that out until Saint Barbara open up the data room and you can you know run those checks. So but it's like it's 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 straightforward stuff. So from 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 Taurus's perspective, right? You can understand why you have to keep that in there. Because their security is still um, Gualia, and what if there was like some royalty or something that no one knew about until you know um, until it was too late? I'm sure it's not the case, right? It's all 
pretty like this stuff legal dd does not take long to do it's pretty straightforward are we talking like a day or yep. less yeah okay but if they in the original conditions what did that involve so that involved taurus going into Doing the data technical. room to data room with so uh silver lake or it involved in parallel too yeah I, I, the cooperation bit it was a bit unclear but it, it basically said taurus have to do their technical dd on it um i think in this re- re- revised one you know what you would actually see in reality is taurus sort of um you know let, like piggyback off of off of silver lake's own sort of technical bit but at least at least taurus won't be putting the saint barbara team under additional um kind of just just pressure because because you know they'll only be getting questions coming from from Silver Lake, as opposed to getting questions from Taurus and, and Silver Lake in that DD period, so it makes it makes doing the DD a bit easier on the internal bandwidth um, of the of advisors and also internal staff there at St Barbara if if it got to that stage. Yeah, and now there's been a bit of stuff on a lot of people are getting a bit active on Twitter, including us. Sam Berridge put even put a tweet up saying, "I've asked around and I'm yet to find or hear of a single institutional SLR shareholder who is supportive of the SBM bid." Sam Berridge, yep, fan, fan, um, you know, like he's a um, friend uh, of the show, friend, friend, friend of the pod. He's friend, an ex guest, friend of the pod. Yeah, but I mean, this is, I think, what this is is the narrative that you saw in the Saint Barbara letter earlier. So, so, like, think of Saint Barbara's last rebuttal, right? What did they do? They focused on the conditionality of getting Silver Lake's shareholders to approve it. They didn't focus on the financing DD bit because they probably thought. Well, they're half a chance to remove it, and they've kind of removed part of it here, right? They've removed part of that 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 financing DD part. So, so what they were preempting was um, was was a defence centred around arguing we don't know if your shareholders are going to approve it, but we do know that forty nine percent of Genesis ones are going to approve. It. I think it's a bizarre state, like bizarre approach to have because everyone knows that Silver Lake's shareholders are indexes. They're just going well, to yes. Is this a sarcastic tweet? In a way, Sam saying I'm not sure hasn't met a single institutional investor saying that Silver Lake don't have any or many institutional investors. They do have so investors, but I, like, like here's here's the here's the counter argument, right? Um, Silver Lake don't have an opposing deal to put forward to their shareholders yet in order to vote on it because they haven't been let into buddy put a deal for it. You can't ask your shareholders to provide support for a non-binding proposal it's a bit strange you have to have a bloody like a real deal on the table yet but i haven't been allowed in to do that so um yeah where does it go from here trav oh <laughs> oh mate hopefully we can stop talking about it soon there must be another ace up the sleeve i just no i, oh, I mean look they probably they probably could be they could look to like like let, let's just see does saint barbara come out and they probably drag their feet and take longer to respond to it. You saw them, you know, today just put out a, we've received it. So that, you know, they're buying their time for an extra day, dragging things out closer to the 5th of June. But 5th of June is the, the, the deadline, right? In order to sort of um, have have Silver Lake in the door or not, at which point they're pretty limited. Silver Lake could buy shares, they could go unconditional. All these things seem a bit too too out there. Um, so Silver Lake could then buy, sh- buy shares in St. Barbara mm. to then give them. Yeah, to affect the vote now, yeah. Affect the vote. Or so post-June 5, if they do not get a leather in the door, um, you'd think one of the only aces other than buying shares is more money in the offer. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like the closer it gets, the harder it is for that to actually be compelling because, yeah, you you just have to accept, um, you know, like you you, you have to accept uncertainty in a a, a deal 
So it's yeah, it just becomes trickier the closer it gets to the deadline. But if they've got it, but, but if you go beyond that June fifth point and they haven't let them in the door, the only the only way they're nearly then gonna taking into account the deal risk after that, the only way then they're gonna nearly sway the St Barbara shareholders is having a higher or much higher value in that. Mm unconditional propo- um sorry non-binding proposal yeah it's an option but i don't think they're going to do it they haven't come out with a higher bid today they've come out with improved con- like i think they're going to be disciplined on value just because they it looks like they really want it and they're not going to pay too much for it so yeah it's- i just can't the the way this uh this is all panned out i'll uh i think there will be something happening all the way up until that uh is it 20th of june 19th of june vote 20th of june i think yeah. it is i think there's going to be uh little plays happening all the way up until that point. I can't say it go yeah. away. But after after the 5th of June, if they're not in the door, it's a much harder proposition for them because, yeah, like me, I'm pretty rational and logical, but even uh, like, you know, if, if there's not something um, secure on the table as a St. Barbara shareholder, I'd vote the Genesis one in that situation. So it's much harder sell even to the shareholders who are disgruntled with the St. Barbara board and rightfully so. Um, you know, at that point, it's it's it'd be, a bit, it'd be a bit harder sell to actually try and um, – persuade them to vote no on on the deal on the table at that point you, you much just prefer saint barbara let them in the front door and then there's two deals to choose from righto let's get into met trav we are going to cover metallurgy today and uh oh we had to we had to call in some help for this one mate what are you talking about you are a metallurgist you, you well know. when you started asking uh Questions about right, what's the difference between gravine and, and cyanide? And I started explaining, and then realised that holy shit, there's some gaps in my uh, understanding and knowledge here, and pretty much the whole thing. So we've actually employed the help of a an expert metallurgist, and yeah. based on the theme of our show, we can't anonymity is the key to the mystery of money of mine. Mm. And can, can I tell you what I know about Met as just a bloody a, um, a finance guy? I know that if the Met's no good, you're stuffed. Pretty much. <laughs> That's all I know. And if high percentage recovery is good. Yeah. Simple as that. Right. But what, is that all I need to know? Where is the grey areas? And I asked uh, this gentleman, who is the most famous metallurgist in history? Like if we're going to give uh, – we've already doubted Mr. Spectre as, the, uh, as our lawyer assistant based on Mr. Harvey Spectre. Doesn't watch seats, but – No, yeah, I'll probably be insulted by it. So I found a, a book, the first ever book – that was written on metallurgy, you'll see it on here, I think it was in like the 1500s, uh, by Georgie Agricola. So, Mr. Agricola. Mr. Agricola is the metallurgist that's uh, helped us out here. So now this is in relation to Gascoigne. They've put out their met results for the Never Never deposit. The market was waiting for this one, right? Yes, because I think it's until you got you can have the greatest deposit in history, greatest grade and everything, but if you can't process it or you can process it, but you get an 80% recovery, yeah. it doesn't become that good. And the context for Gascoigne is when they were you know, processing their ore from the Ghibli pit, they were only getting 80-odd percent recovery on that one. Yeah. So the market's a bit like, hang on, we want to see what the recovery is on this new, new deposit, don't, don't they? Yeah, and then you've got the – so they've put out that they've got 90, uh, 92-plus percent. So if we go down to the thing, so it comes out, it averaged at – 92% for the oxide ore and around 94% for the fresh rock. So let's difference is oxide ore is up the top of the mine, closer to the surface. It's been weathered by history and everything. So it's, that's what an oxide thing is. There's no 
not many sulfides or anything like that. It's very weathered and exposed where then you've got fresh rock, which is down deep, solid in the ground, probably contains sulfides and other gotcha. deleterious elements possibly. So Gotcha. You, you, so you're a geo as well, mate. So you, apparently, <laughs> apparently. So now we get into the Met results and they, you see the two key terms are gravity yep. and CIL. So yep. CIL is carbon in leach. That's yep. the cyanide process. So, gotcha. um, and then And these are the two different ways of extracting the gold? Yeah, they're, they're two different ways but they're um, – the CIL comes after the gravity. The okay. gravity, so not not all historic mills would have had a gravity circuit. So the gravity circuit is to get the free milling gold, the easy gold out after. So, so it goes through the crushing system, now goes into circuit to extract the gold out. The, the gravity circuit gets the easy stuff that's there already the free they call it free milling so mm. you like it's like you like you're getting it for free you don't um you don't need a, a a lot of chemicals and you don't need to leave it in there for two days in the circuit to get to get the gold out yep. so that's what the gravity circuit's for so so some more environmentally friendly too because you know you yeah oh, it's just quicker it's out of the circuit it's done you've got it yeah. and it doesn't need to stay in there if it's already been extracted so usually the first gold bar that a mine ores will be a gravity gold bar because yep. that's the first gold that comes out. So if you look at their results here, you'll see two sections. So the fresh there, so the average, so they're based on the tests that they did. So what, they've got nine tests there. Um, based on, so the average head grade of what they've put in of those tests is seven grams. And from that, that dirt that went in, in the fresh rock, 34% of that was recovered in the goal, the gravity circuit. Yep. So then there's obviously what's what's left over, then goes into the cyanide circuit. And so for 48 hours, so 48 hour cyanide recovery is yeah. 60.8. And th this so is about, when you're at a bloody, when you're at a gold mine, you see those giant tanks, right? That's yeah. what this part part of, part of the processing is, right? Those yeah, giant so those, those tanks. big giant tanks are the yeah. they'd be the leach tanks and the yeah. absorption tanks, and we'll go into what what they are. So um, now, so as I said, overall recovery ninety four point seven percent. But then you look at you got to look at that forty eight hour tail. So that's saying that when it's sitting in that cyanide um, circuit. How many grams a ton are you losing that's going out to the tailings dam? Because when it goes through the gravity circuit, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not sending anything out to tail. Mm. It's when it's going because everything that doesn't get consumed in the gravity circuit would then feed back into the cyanide. I'm pretty sure on that, gotcha. but um, I, can, I can't make any assumptions here because I'm usually bloody wrong. But I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Yeah. Agricola will yeah. uh, get in touch and correct me. So they're losing what, zero point two nine. Yeah. Grams so that's saying for that seven grams, yeah, you are losing the the tailings. Yeah. That's going out. That's pumped to the tailings dam, the big storage area. That is grading zero point three grams. So you hear of some mines that uh, use historical tailings or go and reprocess tailings and or use old tailings as a supplementary feed into the mill and things like that. That's yeah. because there is like a grade in the tiles. Yeah. yeah. So then using processing old tiles. I remember when Heron were going to process old tailings yeah. and all that, yeah. which yeah. is which yeah. marked it with a bit of disaster. I think there's some some people trying to introduce new processing methods to extract the gold from yeah. those tailings, and even though there's 
these you know complicated issues with the cyanide and all that sort of stuff exactly but then the the old when mines were hot mined at such a higher grade yeah then the tailings is actually quite high grade now high grade in today's yep. times so um but not in this case so you look at um so 0.3, you, they're losing 0.3 grams, so that 94.7 overall then says – it then says you're getting 92% of recovery from the cyanide circuit. So they're gotcha. losing 0.3. So, so 0.3, I mean, at a head grade of 7.14 grams good result. Time, you're losing 0.29. You think that's all right? <laughs> yeah, so solid, yeah. solid result if you're getting 94% recovery. So And then you – because you go down to the oxide. So notoriously, oxide is – easier to process because yeah. it's that's where you, I guess a lot of your free milling gold is it's not there's no sulfides there encapsulating it and all that so your oxide's a lot easier but oxide's closer to surface yeah yeah but it's because it's been weathered so it's sort of a bit of work's been done on it already but as i said here like the oxide grade that they're processed here so they're only losing 0.16 grams in the cyanide circuit for the oxide material, but yeah. the grade's only 1.59. Yeah, because so it's never, you, never the good stuff's dead. Yeah, but I think this is some of the oxide material close to the surface for never, never. Yeah, yeah. but was, the high grade of never, never is, is, is down deep. Is in, it? is in underground. Underground, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 gotcha, gotcha. So, because you see the, the only high grade three gram sample for the oxide material. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're the results. So, let's go through... These circuits. So you've got the gravity circuit, you've got the cyanide circuit. We'll start on the gravity. So mm. now you know gold is a very dense metal. It's it's heavy, like mm. very heavy for its volume. So the gravity the gravity circuit, the purpose of it is to take that heavier material, which is the like the the free milling gold particles that are not contained within the sulfides, and they'll they'll come out of a um, they're called cyclones. It's like yep. where the cyclones bloody spin it all up and the, the and helps separate the, the different types of yeah different materials separates density. it based on particle size. particle size okay yeah and also separates it on density as well so which is specific gravity and also particle shapes as well so look the the cyclone overflow that is what has been the material that's been ground up fine it's a it's a normal density and it goes straight to the the CIL circuit contain, which is what contains the the carbon and the cyanide. Now, but then the underflow of the cyclone, which the other stuff that isn't in the overflow, so that is either coarse material, or it's also the smaller material that is very dense. So that's and that material, the underflow is what gets either most of it is gets sent back to the crushing circuit to get grinded down further then so then it comes back to go out of the overflow and into the into the cyanide circuit but there first it goes over this screen for right. underflow so that screen it's like the number i've been given is 2.4 millimeters so that coarse end dense material goes over this screen and then the finer material which is you would assume the dense fine material so based on gold being a very heavy metal you would assume that that finer material that's coming out of the overflow is what contains most gold right because it's because it's dense dense so that material then falls through that screen and goes into the gravity concentrator so what's a gravity concentrator well a gravity concentrator it's like a big washing machine oh yeah <laughs> so it um 
spins it around. The heavy heavy gold's caught on the side of it. That's the free gold. They then they then get that ultra heavy stuff, smash it with cyanide and an in either an inline leach reactor, an ILR or an acacia reactor. And ah, so there's still cyanide used in the free milling process as well. Yes. But, it's, but it just doesn't sit there for that's the how, Yeah, that's yeah. how they – but it's but the term, the time and the amount of cyanide because the, the amount of material is a lot less, better than yeah. running it through the whole back end of yeah. the circuit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then – so the purpose of it is it's quick. It's the first stage of the circuit, uses a lot less chemicals, um, you don't need carbon, activated carbon, and we'll go on to what that is, and you don't need to leave it in the circuit for two days. So it's, um, yeah, then you got your, I can't, con- I can't confirm if it uses a lot less cyanide per amount, mm. but I can't confirm but, that. Uh, uh, speculate it would, right, if it's not? Sid, you'd speculate. You would speculate because it's not staying in these yeah, big bloody big tanks, tanks yeah. yeah, and going through so many circuits to get it out. So yeah. I would assume you use a lot less cyanide. Um, I thought you were a mining engineer, mate. Yeah, I'm, a lot of assumptions here. So now the cyanide part of it. So say you've got – that's your gravity feed. So that's the um, – so if you look at when it's gone through that circuit, the never-never or 34% of the gold has come out in that circuit. Yep. Okay, so now you're left with the rest goes to the remainder. So that goes to the cyanide circuit. So I guess we should first explain, I guess we'll go through what cyanide is, but here's the the basic process. So cyclone, gold, the gold in the ore comes out the cyclone overflow. So remember the underflow is where it goes to the gravity circuit. Overflow will then go to this leaching circuit. So gold the cyanide is what dissolves the gold into a solution. But can I tell you, as a finance guy, what I know about cyanide? Well, it's not good. It's bad for environment. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's all I know. Yes, it's um, yeah. Don't smell it. So then that gold in solution goes is attaches onto activated carbon. Then the gold is then stripped back off that carbon, and then they electro win it and make. Gold bars, so eighty-five to ninety-two percent gold. That's your Dore Dore bars. Then that goes to the mint. Uh, gotcha. So, like electro winning, that's how how they get this gold off the carbon. Is um, I'll say no. Sorry, it's stripped off the carbon first into eluate, which is a hot concentrated cyanide. Then to get that gold out of that final concentrated cyanide, they electro win it. So they pass an electric current through the solution and cause the gold causes the gold to plate out on these steel wool cathodes. So it, that's I literally don't know this. This is amazing to me. So the gold before it's a bloody bar, it's these little carbon looking spectacles. Well and we'll get it no because it attaches to the carbon. So that's how they extract it from the cyanide. So because the whole purpose of cyanide, cyanide is one of the few chemicals in the world that can actually dissolve gold mm. so it just i'm sure they'd use something less environmentally bad if they well, could it, mu- it must be the uh, it must be the best best option so one it's a once it's actually they they promote they add gold cyanide and oxygen so that creates uh, this gold cyanide solution so you need oxygen you need all that they need oxygen cyanide to make it be out to get it to be able to leach so as i said in the diagram here it's the it's like dissolving sugar in a cup of water so the right. sugar is the gold the water is the cyanide and it creates a creates a solution like that so but then there's 
they've got to take into account the acidity of it as well. So for for this leaching process to work, they need to it needs to be a high pH. So they, they then add lime as well, like the lime we we're talking about. How they they were dealing with the acidic um, hydrogen. Uh, Sulfide water at Capricorn, they were adding lime to the ponds to try and lift the pH. This is exactly what it is here too. So for this leaching to work, the pH has to be between, I think, 10.2 to 10.5 for normal water that isn't salty. So if it's too low, the leaching doesn't work. Now, okay, here's an example of the tank setup. So this is an example of a setup from mine of how this whole works so you see the you see the gray for all the youtube watchers you've got there's two big gray tanks so they're the big ones that you were talking about and then you've got you've got seven small tanks so the purpose of those two first big tanks is that's where the that's where the cyanide is intro, introduced the cyanide mixes with the crushed ore that contains the gold and that's what um that's what creates the the cyanide solution. Then once it gets to the first of the absorption tanks, so the two big ones are leach tanks, that's where they Mm. add it in to create the solutions. That's just cyanide and oxygen. They then go into the absorption absorption tanks. Mate, can you explain the difference between absorption and adsorption? Now, so once it gets to these... Absorption tanks, sorry, adsorption tanks, not absorption, as as you corrected me. There is a difference. So ab, absorption absorption means it all mixes together, I think, whereas adsorption means it sticks onto it. Mm, it's like it adheses. It adheses. It, 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 it adheses. Yeah. Right. So it's an easy one to uh, look at it, the pronunciation. I think I said absorption before. Yeah. So it's actually adsorption. So that's where the carbon is put in and the cyanide solution, the gold, ad, attaches to yep. the carbon. So, and that's where that whole, that's where, so you got the first two don't have carbon, the two big tanks, the seven big ones after this in this example have the carbon put into it. So now what's the activated carbon? So funnily enough, I found out this activated carbon is made from coconut shells. Right. Would have you thought that? What, what, what do you mean activated carbon? Okay. So What's this, activated? So this activated carbon, it's a, it's a very – the purpose of it is it, it attracts to the, the cyanide and the gold attract to it and latch onto it and it has a, a very high surface area. So it's obviously very light and porousy. So and all the solution mixes into it and, and attaches to it. So it says here that one gram of activated carbon has a surface area of in excess of three thousand square meters. Oh wow, that is bloody phenomenal. Because I think carbon's pretty light, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So the per per the, the weight, pencils. yeah. So that that is what it does. So it's saying that one gram of carbon can load up to thirty to thirty five kilos of gold. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty, pretty phenomenal. So that carbon, and you see in the diagram here. So you see the flow there. So you've got the slurry, which is the the gold cyanide solution, that flows through the tanks in the left to right, one, two, and three. But the the carbon is actually put in the other way and flows against it. So which creates mm-hmm. that um, movement interface for the where the gold then attaches. Right to, to the car. So when you see there's like these seven tanks on site, they're not just trying to look cool by having more. There's, there's a reason. 
Yes, yes, and there's, it, it would depend on the plant, the amount of feed, because the, there would be a time, you'd need a certain time in the circuit per the volume and so many variables to make sure that you get all the gold out at or as much gold out and you're not sending it out to the tailings dam. So now if you look at, that's I guess the overview of the flow sheet, the process, a very, very un, non-metallurgical overview from someone, so be bloody kind in your comments. So... Never, never. So as I said here, they've averaged 92% overall recovery in oxide material and 94% in the standard gravity carbon in leach process sheet. So, so sorry, average 94. So in the whole, the standard gravity carbon in leach process, that's the flow sheet gotcha. we talked about. The real question I have, mate, is do they have the the plant as it is in, in Dalgaranga, is it already configured to, to process in this way? Well, if you look at um, their comments – they say that their current five-year-old two-and-a-half million tonne plant, so the existing sale process plant flow sheet is well-suited in its current configuration right. so to process CIL. the never-never high-grade material. Yep. yep, so then the comminution circuit is suitable. So common, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, comminution, that's the crushing yep. circuit. That's how they crush it all up. So that's suitable with... Uh, with upgrades as indicated in the original Dangara, Dalgaranga DFS. Gotcha. So they might need some upgrades that are highlighted in that DFS. But they've already been highlighted, yeah. yeah. So nothing new. Um, but not much. No. Nah, gravity gravity leaching, gold recovery tailings and plant services are fit for purpose and only require minor refurbishment to start up. So, yeah. Um, and then, which you probably can expect after a care and maintenance period, so the existing CIL circuit capacity is adequate at the anticipated treatment rates. Okay, so it's but there's a there's a bit we'll go through a bit in the next steps. So now I guess there's a the comment before that is where you stuff that you probably got to look out for when you're looking at recoveries. So you've got overall gravity recoveries is 34% in uh, 20% in the oxide and 34% in fresh material. So that could or bad. That's I think it's well, it's good that you can actually recover through gravity. Yeah. Um, but you obviously want the the higher the you gravity want as much means as possible. You want yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So, but the fact you can get some out in the gravity circuit means yeah, good. it doesn't have to go in the cyanide circuit. Less cyanide, less carbon, um, lower cost. How does it compare to other? Other gold mines in WA. Well, the standout that I've found here is Bellevue. Okay. So Bellevue's this always was, a standout. This was this was pointed out by Mr. Agricali. I think it was that how you pronounce it. I've forgotten the name already. Sounds right. Now, about right. Look, if you look at Bellevue's initial met results they put out in 2020, so their overall gravity and leach recoveries of 97.8 percent. So they've got a lot higher recovery total. Yeah. But the, the real standout is their gravity component only. So their gravity component was 73.6 to 91.7. So that, gotcha. that is saying that 70, over three quarters to nearly 90% of the gold is gravity. comes out of the gravity circuit. So it's all free milling gold or most of it is. And then if you look at the – And that saves money. Just, yeah, quick, it quicker comes out process. Yeah. yeah, so you uh, would – anticipate you be able to, I don't know if you'd be able to increase your throughput rate, but Bellevue are on yeah. a different scale. So they're, I think they're only a bit over a million tonne per annum. So yeah. um, not as got, much as going through. They got great on their side too, but yeah, good, yeah. good met to go with it. And then so if you look at if you look at their results, how they reported their 
um, results similar to how Gascoigne have. It actually shows how quick it came out of the circuit. So if you look look there for – let's just look at uh, Tribune. Uh, so they're 92% recovery. Mm-hmm. And 92% of it re- was a recovered by gravity. So yep. that's a head grade of um, 21 grams. 92% come out of the gravity circuit. Then within the first eight hours, it was at 99% of that was reco- recovered in the cyanide. So that's saying it's, it doesn't appear to be staying in circuit. And Gascoigne only report that 48-hour mark, which, yeah, which so gives they, you the indication that it takes longer in the cyanide yeah, than yeah, it maybe so does here at Valve Would you Would you read that? Yeah, Gascoigne, have, they've definitely reported it a bit different. So they've reported on... Um, 48 hours only, whereas Bellevue have shown shown how quick it gets into a higher recovery over these eight-hour increments. So, look, you could interpret it that you could interpret that it takes longer for Gascoigne to recover it in the cyanide, but because because they haven't reported the eight hours, so you could say say it's it takes them 48 hours to um, get it to that higher recovery level, or because they haven't reported it in that eight-hour increment, they, they could actually be getting to that 94% recovery quicker than 48 hours, which would be a positive. It just looks like they've they've gone for 48 hours, chucked it in, see what we get after 48, but they could actually be getting there earlier. But we don't know because I guess the data isn't there. They haven't reported it in those eight-hour eight increments like Bellevue did, so... It's um this was yeah Bellevue appears to be a real standout in terms of how much they can recover through gravity, um and which is you know great great for their milling great for their recovery especially if you if you're getting an extra four percent recovery over on a ten gram ore body it's mm-hmm. going to be um very mm-hmm. ten ten gram resource sorry it's going to be uh very favourable so Maddie you had a, you had a fun fact for me about refractory ore bodies today as well i didn't know about well refractory is like the term and this is something mr agricola has uh confirmed for me which Ooh. i was i was on the always hitting in my head oh refractory that's um means it's fully encapsulated in sulfides needs to be mm-hmm. needs to be burned off but i'll I guess, tell you what I, I i think of refractory as a finance guy mate no good no good like cyanide <laughs> capital you need capital, capital. <laughs> well i guess the the term for the definition of refractory is a a like refractory gold is a gold that doesn't respond to cyanide treatment. Yeah. So I guess the the best way to talk about what what a refractory is is let's use a pistachio nut as an example, Travis. Yeah. Yeah. Like a you know you've got you've got this green nut that's your gold. Yeah. And then you've got this this shell around it, which is you would, can be a sulfide, it can be a arsenic. Now because you can look at you look at here, so Gascoigne have made a comment, no material or significant recovery issues from any deleterious elements, that's other elements, um, copper, lead, zinc, nickel, or arsenic in the high-grade material. Because what happens with arsenic, so arsenic can actually, if you have a high arsenic content, that arsenic can just form this covering around all the fine gold particles and you can like, you can crush the living shit out of it down to the finest particle ever but you still can't fully expose mm-hmm. the gold from all the arsenic and the other deleterious elements so the best way to explain it is a pistachio nut so yeah. so you've got that's covered in that shell so yep. uh you put 
that through the crusher. You put a shitload of pistachio nuts through the crush. You know, some sort of some have already been cracked right open and yeah. exposed. Put it through the put it through the crushing circuit. It comes out, and then even after all that crushing and everything, you're going to have some some that are just fully exposed shells gone. So that that's what would go into your gravity circuit. That's your that's free milling. Doesn't need much crushing. It's straight out of your gravity circuit. Then if you go through your ones that are, I guess, partially, mostly ripped open, chuck them through your cyanide circuit and then the cyanide and the carbon will attach to those and it's all open and there and it's got the room to attach to and it pulls all the gold out. Whereas a refractory ore body means that even after all that crushing, you've ground them down so fine, those nuts, which are the gold, are still fully encapsulated inside that pistachio nut. The shell's still on it. The shell's still on it. It has. Right. It's like you haven't even cracked it. So you can pump as much cyanide and in there and bloody shitloads of carbon to try and get it, but it just doesn't have an entrance to get it to get it out of that shell. Mm. So and that's what uh, that's what arsenic, high arsenic, can do. So people would know that degray is a refractory ore body. So refractory means it won't fully respond to this cyanide leach process so it will need to go down the road of a like pressure oxidation or a roasting so yeah so that pressure oxidation and roasting is what gets rid of all the shit around it to expose yeah the fine gold particles so they can actually be ex- extracted gotcha. but so, that's, that's high capex the other way is I, you've got the roaster right can out a barrel they've got a roaster there yeah yeah so it look and that's the thing it's the once it's got the capex it's like look nickel laterites like yeah the high h power plants there like they're they're high capital but if you've got the ore body to support it like which degray has like it's got a massive resource yeah then brings you justify it. Yeah, it can Wait, justify the. Is it a super pit refractory? But they just grind it really, really fine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it is. Yeah, there you go. There'd yeah. be. I'm sure there's um mixture of refractory and free milling. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but then I think it's once you like true refractory is when you grind it that bloody fine, and that's still not enough. Then it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So then you've, and then another term they used in here, no material or significant recoveries issue f- issues from any preg robbing. Preg robbing. Preg robbing. Robbing, robbing pregnant people? <laughs> I didn't even think of that till I made it. So, such as carbonaceous <laughs> I mean, material in graphic, graphitic shell. So, what preg robbing is, Trav, is when you've got like graphitic shell. So, graphite is a carbon. So say that, that that carbon, you've got a higher carbon content in the gold ore that's going through. So when they throw the carbon in there, the car, the activated carbon, all this carbonaceous material goes to the carbon first instead mm-hmm. of the gold material. So it's like a bit of a de- – it acts as a bit of a – it's got the front row seat compared to the actual gold. So if you've got a high amount of uh, preg-robbing material, it means – you would need either a shitload of carbon or it will not get all the gold out. So you'll be ending sending more gold to the tails because your whole carbon CIL process is not working efficiently. So that's another plus for this. So I guess uh, overall from uh, Mr. Agricale, he said that it uh, looks pretty solid, the Gascoigne met results. And the fact that uh, the the – the forty-eight hour thing is probably a, a bit high when, but when you look at what how quick Bellevue get it out, but look, ninety-four yeah. percent recovery, and look, I guess the key 
message at the end. What are the next steps? And I guess what do they mean? So refresh of the process design, varying throughput rates and uh, rate options and recovery. So remember, this is a two and a half, two and a half million ton per annum mill. So it's a, it's a, it's a big a, mill to fill. It's a big mill. Yeah. And you won't be able to, I'd find it very hard to believe if you could supply it from underground. I could nearly say you won't be able to yeah. supply two and a half million they'll need ton. A, they'll need to blend it with, with Ghibli's, wouldn't they? Yeah, but then you can you can blend it with Ghibli's, but then yeah. you're like, okay, two different deposits. How How's that going to affect the overall recovery yeah. when you blend it? So well, they've got Yelgu as well. They could, yep. Yeah. But then do you actually look at the throughput rate and say, right, what if we run it at 1.8 to 2 million tonnes per year? So you can still, it just means, it means you'd have to, things would stay in circuit longer. Yeah. Um, like say you'd be in the crush it circuit longer, so you'd actually be able to gr- grind it down finer. Will dropping the rate, grinding it further, keeping it in circuit longer, will that improve the overall recovery? Because if you've ground it down further um, and you leave it in the circuit for longer, you've got, you would anticipate that would give you more chance of extracting more gold, but your unit milling cost then goes up because you're effectively paying the same amount to process 2 million tonne as you would to process 2.5 million tonne. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big, it's a big balance. Will, yeah. that, will that extra milling cost be offset by an increase in recovery? This is what you talk about being mine constrained or milling constrained. And in exactly. this case, it would be mine constrained Unless they, you know, yeah, go, yeah, go higher be, on your, the, your mind, can, yeah. yeah, your feed constrained. Yeah, yeah, so that's um, and I'm sure there's a lot of um analysis to be done there to see what's going to actually work for them. So and then it says optimization study studies for in, uh, improvements in overall metallurgical recovery. So there's there's improving it in its current state with just the never never, but it's yeah. like then there's the whole analysis right. If we start adding the adding a bit of dust in from uh the Ghibli's pit. Yeah. Will that um, extra throughput would it be a detriment? Will yeah. it, will it work out? So I guess yeah. that's what we've got to wait. And for there's probably there, regional so. consolidation opportunities there too. If you if you if you've got better blend results than you know Ghibli's, which is um, yeah all that's caused a bit of bit of trouble from a recovery sense. I wonder if blending with with other stuff that's not currently in the Gascoin mm. portfolio makes more sense too. And I think that's um, I guess people need to we all need to consider that when you're talking about regional consolidation or. Um, toll treating agreements like just because there's a mill close by the mineralogy of that dirt might be a detriment to the to the client's milling mm. like because when you all mix it together it might actually um, it might have a high arsenic or, or something it might introduce issues to their own recovery so um, you would you would think that not every not every gold can just go to one mill it might be a, depending on the mineralogy of each separate deposit Will they work together? It's something that needs to be that I'm sure is uh, talked about on a very high level between all these companies that are looking to toll trade or possibly do mergers. So sometimes it might not work. So oh, there we go, Trav. Metallurgy. So God, I hope I did the uh, did the field some justice today. Man, I think you might be getting a job at GR Engineering after today. Oh, you, true. Can I get a family discount or, or something, mate? At least give us a bloody invite to the Christmas party or something. I don't, I don't even get one there. So. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So uh, thank you to Mr. Agricola for uh, giving me a bit of bloody uh, metallurgical advice there. I'll just confirm it's bloody – said that right, haven't I? It's Agricola. Here we go. Confirming Agricola. Well done, mate. There we go. Right, recap, Trav. Aurelia. 
back in the news. So they've found a funding solution for their federation project. So it consists of they've got a 40 million buck equity raise plus 100 mil uh, senior finance facility from Trafigura. So Trafigura also get offtake for 700,000 dry metric tonne of concentrate. That's in the deal. Plus they also get 120 million options at a 25 cent exercise price after a four-year expiry. So, and they've also appointed a new MD. Mate, they have indeed. It's a it's a pretty interesting one, right? They've got, um, yeah, really has had a pretty hard run at it for quite a, a long time here. You look at their market cap today and it's like 140 million bucks. You know, it was only a couple of years ago that they paid $200 million for dogs and it's just been an absolutely horrible story for them. They've been plagued by, you know, all of the issues and write-downs there. They've also been juggling some pretty damn serious operational issues at their other assets. They've had um, a, a pretty ugly balance sheet for a while, but that's sort of cleaned itself up a bit since then. Um, the interim CEO, um, you know, it looks like he probably didn't want the full-time job there, but you've had you've had um, Brian Quinn step into that MD role and he comes from Oz Minerals for 12 months, but before that he was BHP for 27 years. Um, it's interesting the strategy they've they've obviously you know funded it with with forty million bucks of equity in there and, and that was actually an option that they ruled out in the past so you know it looks like the the, the project finance part of it was conditional on the equity so they needed it and then you've got Darg so that's expected to close within twelve to eighteen months yeah after of, they paid a lot for yep, it yep yep lack of in mind exploration success there which um, you know is not the view that they had on it when when they acquired it. Yeah, right. Oh, we'll uh, watch this space. So Hastings, they've also come out with a staged strategy to get their Yanjibana rare earths project into production. So stage one is a lower capex, only 40, 470 million for that stage one. Now that would let them produce a concentrate. Now after a few years, they can add a hydromet plant, so funded from cash, from the cash generated from stage one, to then produce a mixed rare earth carbonate. So yep, one yep. of the exciting rare earth development plays coming up, Trav. Yeah, it's good to see um, a bit of a clear strategy on getting this project into development now. The staged approach sounds like a sensible one, um, especially because um, you know their market cap looks like it, it, it can do less it can contribute less from an equity perspective now because they've come off a bit. So the stage approach seems sensible. I think the thing that, you know, it doesn't read on the announcement but it brings into play is the fact that they're going to be producing, um, you know, this this concentrate for the first, they call it sort of three years. Um, you know, where's that concentrate going to go? Well, you already sort of saw that that deal struck between Iluca and Northern Minerals for, for their concentrate to go to the, you know, the Eniaba rare earth refinery that's being built down there and i wonder if sort of that that'll be the natural destination for the concentrate from hastings here yep righto cheers money miners now for all those we've had a couple of messages saying where's jd thinking we've got rid of him for due to uh incompetence not the case jd is on a three-week holiday we miss him very much um, early approval for annual leave so he can't have a holiday for the next three years but uh jd hope you're listening over in Africa, wherever the hell you bloody are at the moment. Probably Namibia. 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 JD, <laughs> hurry, hurry the hell back so I don't have to do as much research. Hooteroo, <laughs> um, money miners. Hooteroo. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. 
Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.